Next on BYU Sports Nation, t'was the day before the bowl game. And we're ready to go. BYU football, 36 hours from kickoff against Washington in the Fight Hunger Bowl. We're all accessed with a couple of BYU legends to get the mindset of Cougar football in bowl week. Johnny Harling in studio to break it down. Hey, we'll even go Harling to Beck today. Plus, the play-by-play voice for the Fight Hunger Bowl on ESPN, Dave Pash, will join us from San Francisco. What he expects from the Cougars and Huskies by the Bay. Let's do it. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Final play of the game, barring a penalty, all the time in the world for Beck. Can anybody get open for it? He'll roll right, lets it go, finds his guy, touchdown! Johnny Harleen comes all the way across the field. Beck finds him, and it's a touchdown in BYU. Swarms the field, they win it. Five in a row won't happen. Raw emotion. Hard to quantify the awesomeness of that play. Merry day after Christmas. BYU Sports Nation back at it. I'm Spencer Linton. Teamed up with one of the few guys who may be able to pull off those sleeved NBA jerseys we saw on TV yesterday, Johnny Harleen. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome the man, the legend, to the studio. How's it going, Johnny? Doing awesome. Thanks for having me. I don't know, man. I I might have been able to pull that off. Now I'm getting, I'm a weakling now, so those NBA jerseys were, saw... even, even LeBron, you know, the best, <laughs> most sculpted epitome of a great athlete kind of looked silly so <laughs> i saw a tweet from a prominent espn personality who you know kind of mocking the situation said lebron james in a boys medium t-shirt drives the lane and scores <laughs> yeah that was about it you know <laughs> kind of a swing and a miss that for on those for sure it's okay the nba still cool right yeah wherever and however you may be listening thanks for making us at byu sports nation part of your day our show starter today all about the bowl game scenario. BYU in Washington, nearing kickoff time by the Bay in San Francisco at AT&T Park. The Cougars have a really tough matchup in terms of dealing with athleticism. The speed that Washington presents is notable. and You can pick the word. They are absolutely dynamic. And so with that in mind, we bring in Johnny Harleen, a guy who played in a couple of bowl games, BYU, uh, against Oregon, and then of uh, of course uh, the year before against California, we're gonna we're gonna jump inside what it what it means to be a Cougar during Bowl Week, and maybe discuss Bowl swag, all that stuff. Does that sound okay, Johnny? Yeah, awesome. Okay, join the conversation by tweeting at BYU Sports Nation, commenting on and liking our Facebook page, and weighing in on today's poll question on BYUTVSports.com, which is very simple. What is the key to a BYU win? In the fight, Hunger Bowl. While you digest that question, Johnny, how was Christmas, dude? Oh, it couldn't have been better. Just family in town. Got my daughter all excited, you know, Santa and the whole thing. So it was great. So I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and I'm discovering that the magic of Christmas returns through your children. Yeah. I, it's, it is so much more fun now for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of goes away, you know, maybe during your late teens or 20s. And then, you know, once the kids are old enough to start getting it, then it's awesome. So what'd you get? What did I that's get? That's really, that's probably uh, the first question I should have <laughs> asked you. Well, I know my daughter got all the frozen gear from <laughs> the new Disney movie. So <laughs> I got a few books and stuff like that. So I just busted out the, uh, 
it's been a couple years. Actually, it was one of my bull gifts, the Xbox 360. Oh, nice! And it's been it's been put away for like a couple years, and I busted it out. And uh, there's like a game or two that I got, so we'll see. I try not to play too much anymore, but <laughs> it's hard not to. It's fun during okay. Christmas break. So you, unlike David Nixon, kept your bowl game gift, the Xbox 360. I'm pretty sure David took his back to Best Buy and got the money for it. I think a lot of guys did. And you know what? Now that I think about it, I think I actually went over to Walmart and I was going to, and they didn't want to take it. And so I kept it, and then, yeah, then I, then I started playing it here and there, so it, it ended up being good. Okay, very good. Uh, so Christmas time, it's over. Now now it's on to the bowl game. Like, uh, what, do you, are, are you just like all football now? Like, what, what's, what's on your mindset now that, now that Christmas is done? Like, do you just focus on bowl week now? Is that what you do? Um, yeah, most, I'm, I'm going to focus mostly on relaxing you know, <laughs> for the next few days. Um, until, uh, till back, you know, New Year's comes and kind of get back to work on things. But, uh, yeah, football, basketball, just kind of relaxing for sure. Okay. So I've, I've been wondering, and I'm, we have a special guest today as well. Uh, you know, we've, we've heard so many times Beck to Harleen, but it's, it's rare that you can, you can toss to John Beck, but you, you have that opportunity on the radio show today. John will join us in a few minutes and I'm going, I'm going to allow you to, to throw to toss over to John. How do you feel about that? Oh, well, I hope I don't mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> you better catch it, right? <laughs> yeah. Johnny Harleen in studio on BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you here today. What is the key to a BYU win in the Fight Hunger Bowl? That is our Twitter conversation today. Tweet at BYU Sports Nation. You can always listen to the show weekdays, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on Sirius XM Channel 143, BYURadio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, and Dish Network Channel 980. Access our show on demand on byuradio.org or you can catch the rebroadcast weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. You know what time it is, Johnny? It's time for What's Trending. Rise and shout, my friends. What's Trending in BYU Sports Nation. Topic 1. Going inside a bowl game with the one and only Johnny Harling. Okay, so it's bowl week. Walk us through the first time you became bowl eligible as a team your mindset what what was that like preparing for california in the las vegas bowl back in 2005 what what's what does a player think about at that time well a couple things because you know you want to have fun it's a great experience as a team to get to go to a bowl game and like we talked about you get the gifts and things like that um but you really it's it's one of those things you really want to show up you want to play well especially as a senior some of these guys their last game they want to put on you know a good performance uh so it's really about kind of disciplining yourself um you've got to be able to you know when it's time to focus on football you got to have your mind there you know the uh when it's time to go have fun you know that's fine too but uh when you're the other thing that affects it is you've got that time off. You know, I think they've taken a couple of weeks off now until they get back in practice. And it's tough. You know, it, it's like so often in these bowl games, you get a totally different team. You don't know who's going to show up during the season. You kind of have an idea how your team you get in, you get in the routine, you know, kind of how your team's going to show up in the bowl game. It's a totally different thing. So it's really you really got to discipline yourself mentally. Um, going into practice meetings every day and get your mind on football, get off, you know, 
uh, worrying about, you know, the activities that are going to be going on later. Just focus on what you need to do. Bronco Mendenhall has chosen an outside approach to the bowl game preparation. Uh, it's something that I'm guessing very few Division One college football coaches do, and that is he opts to give his players a lot of time off and a lot of time to do their own thing, their own workouts, their own lifting sessions without a lot of immediate coaching, and then you hit practice hard a week before. He's won four bowl games in a row, and for me, that's it's, it's the model is working. It's a different model, but right now it's working. However, when I talked to him last week, he walked into the interview with me, and he was visibly bothered about what had just happened at practice. And then I asked him, I said, Coach, how's, how's it going? How you doing? And he said, you want me to tell you how I'm really feeling? Or do you want me to give you a media-appropriate answer? I said, fair enough. (laughs) So he was not happy with the way that the second practice had gone and noted to me in the interview in appropriate terms that getting back into a football mentality after some time off was was a little bit difficult for his players. The preparation model we have, you have to get the most out of every practice. And I haven't been able to get that point quite across yet to our players is the urgency to prepare is, is... against the best bowl team we played has to go right to their heart. Okay, so there's only six practices. BYU has six practices to get ready for arguably their toughest bowl opponent in the Bronco Mendenhall era. Maybe you can argue that. Maybe you can say that one of the teams you played was tougher. California with Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch was certainly no easy test. But in terms of Overall team speed and talent and motivation to be there. I don't know. There's a a lot of arguments that that Washington is a very good team. Bronco basically just said, look, they're not where they need to be mentally right now. Did he take the same approach with you guys when when you were playing back in 05 and 06, or was it different for your teams? I I think it was pretty similar. You know, we... It's similar to week in and week out. He wanted to try to get it back to that routine, even though it was so much different. You know, we get on the buses from the hotel, go over to a local high school to do our practices. Um, it really just comes down to the senior leadership um, or, you know, any of the leaders it doesn't have to be senior, but they've got to be the ones that are instilling the mindset of it's time to prepare. It's time to get ready. It's time to, you know, get that intensity um, practice the right way. And uh, so that it's not so much the model; it's just kind of the uh, the players really need to take it upon themselves to allow those practices to do what they're intended to, which is you know have a positive impact on their you know what's going to happen on game day. You know, there's a there's a famous quote I can't do it verbatim, but it's basically like you know champions you don't win it in the actual contest you win it in all the hours that are spent preparing and, and all that the the game itself is i think the words are like it's a manifestation of the championship character so what what the games are it's really just like r- revealing you know who you are who your what your preparation was um and so that you know that's what we're going to see you know in the game are you okay with the model that he that he has implemented oh yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, Coach Mendenhall is is a guy that he puts a lot of trust into the players, um, and I think that's fine. You know, at BYU, a lot of the guys they should be pretty mature, um, mature young men, and be able to handle this type of thing. Um, so, yeah, like I was saying before, the the model is I don't I don't have a problem with it at all. 
Um, it's just it just comes down to the players and their individual preparation, and especially the leaders showing everybody else on the team what it looks like to practice correctly for you know a bowl game to to take your focus mentally and change it from okay you know we're going to go have dinner with the other team we're going to go do this fun stuff um you know all these cool activities that you get to do and when it comes time to practice time say okay let's you know strap it on focus do what we need to do in order to you know get better and get ready take us inside the locker room let's say your team has a bad practice Maybe you had a bad bowl game practice preparing for California and or Oregon. What does Bronco Mendenhall say to his team at a time like that? What What's the atmosphere like at that point? Uh, you know, I mean, he's got to say, just get it across to them in some way, whether it's, you know, with words or just kind of, I, I think a way he's he's good at just, just his, uh, what's the word? Just his outlook, his uh, mannerisms. mannerisms. Um, just that it's not good enough, and I, I I don't have any doubt that he'll get the message across to the team that that uh, you know their preparation. Uh, since you talked to him last week, I'm sure he's got it across to him that it needs to be better. Because, uh, but you know, at the end of the day, even if you've had a bad practice, you got to put it behind you. There's there's another saying. It's like you know you got to practice like you're in second place. You got to play like you're in first place. So once you hit the field, it's time to just you got to have the confidence that you are ready, even if your practices didn't go as well as you could or as you wanted them to. In 2005, from my perspective, you faced a motivated enough California team. They, they wanted to win that bowl game. Their fans were excited to be in Las Vegas. Like They had a decent showing. Mm-hmm. Oregon, on the other hand, I felt was entirely unmotivated. They had extreme talent. They had Dennis Dixon at quarterback. They had, they had a ton of team speed. But you dominated them because, quite frankly, you were more mentally prepared. You were more uh, cohesive as a unit. You wanted to be there. You were excited to be playing a Pac-12 team, Pac-10 team at the time, and you beat them 38-8. to Compare and contrast the two different bowl game scenarios right there, uh, facing a motivated team and then, and then facing Oregon. It's, it's really interesting because a, a bowl game does change you know, it, it, like I said before, it just kind of reveals how you prepared and how you practice reveals who you are kind of. Um, and those two games, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say, I don't know, you know, how the individual players on the other team, how they were practicing and what their mindset was. I have a buddy that played for Oregon in 2006 uh and he straight up said, we did not want to be there. Yeah, We did not want to be there. And it showed. So anyway, I know that much. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, as far as motivation goes, it, it only goes so far as, you know, motivating you to prepare to get ready and, and practice. Once uh, once the game comes around, it's like, it, it's just, you know, who's ever goes out there and just executes, you know, that, it, it all, football, there's so many things and everything is just basically designed to give you the best chance to execute your job effectively on game day so I, I mean as far as going back to those other two games though i mean the the cal game it was interesting because like you know as an offensive player i didn't scout the other team's offense i didn't know i didn't know who, <laughs> who deshaun jackson was i didn't know who marshall lynch was yeah but when i saw them play i was i was on the sideline i saw marshall lynch go up the middle and i'm like man that, Dude's a that, beast. that is a big time 
running back right there for he's, sure. He's beast mode in Seattle. That's Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. No, and and just like watching him play, you could tell just like a big time player, fast and just so big and strong. And then Deshaun Jackson, he did, he had a few plays against us that were that were pretty nice too. Just you know that speed and the touchdown before halftime. Like I think it was the final play of the first half. Yeah, that killed us. That, oh. Was, yeah that that did. Uh, there's some not nice moments in that <laughs> locker room at halftime because of that play. <laughs> so. You were playing against Deshaun Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. I don't know if a lot of people realize that 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 how good that California team was individually talent like like from a talent perspective uh, those individuals. That was a that was a crazy team. Yeah. And we were still kind of in that mode like we were we were still trying to, you know, we were hoping we were good and uh we you know, hope that we could beat a team like that, but we still hadn't done, you know, beat a big time team like that with, uh, with great talent. And so we got there, you know, when we played well, it took a, took a little bit. I remember that bowl game. I was, I was sick, uh, as well. I had a bad cold, but, um, you know, you get out there on the field and just try to do your job. And, and finally, after a little bit, we kind of figured out, you know, we could play with them. I think we got down like 14, nothing. And, we were down pretty much we were down the whole game we never had a lead you know we got in there and uh just about right at the end we had a chance to go down and tie it up and didn't work out unfortunately coach and I told me uh after the game in like my kind of closing of the season interview that uh if we had scored he's gonna throw up a a fade to me to try to win the game go for two so (laughs) really (laughs) yeah oh yeah that is a juicy detail Johnny I love that yeah, so I, I was, uh, I, yeah, that that made me feel good, but you know, it didn't. <laughs> Not as good as it would have to actually do it. But uh. so BYU loses that game, thirty-five twenty-eight. You smoke Oregon the next year by thirty. Trevor Maddich joins us every Monday. We call it Maddich Monday of ESPN College Football Expert. He talked about facing a team in Washington, and he said simply, "They're angry and motivated." This Washington team. Uh, took Stanford down to the wire in the regular season. And as a matter of fact, really had Stanford beat in Palo Alto. A couple of weird calls by the officials turned that game. You know, when you look at the teams that beat Washington, Oregon, Arizona State, these are, these are you know, top-flight teams. This Washington team is very, very, very solid. And you know what? They're a bit angry because their coach has gone to coach uh, a conference rival, USC. So I expect Washington to come out with a lot to prove ton of emphasis placed on the fact that they're going through a coaching transition. And that you can't ignore that. Like Steve Sarkeesian, great coach. I'm sure there are some players that are upset, some recruits, that he jumped ship to go to USC. But you can't blame him. I mean, he's going to USC. It's a great fit for USC and for Sarkeesian. He did good things at Washington. He left the program in good hands with Chris Peterson, and he left the program in a good state. Way better than when he found it. So he did his job up in Seattle. But now Marcus Tuiasasopo comes in as the interim coach. Uh, Chris Peterson will not coach. I'm sure he'll be a liaison and offer some information. But do you agree with Trevor Maddich that they're going to overlook that? They're they're ready to play and that that they are angry and motivated. What do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, it's definitely something you got to overcome. I mean, anytime you lose someone, it's going to have an impact. You, you you try to do your best to have everyone come together and make up for it. But there's a reason they're there. I mean, you know, if like if it didn't matter, they wouldn't have him as a coach. So <laughs> um but uh so obviously it's going to make a big impact in the game, but you know, it's not something that's not overcomable as a team. 
as far as just being angry and motivated, it's not something that really matters all that much. Um, you know, you should be as, as a college football player. I mean, you should be motivated and, you know, willing and, and, uh, wanting to prepare yourself as best as you can, no matter what that extra, as far as like extra motivation, it, it's something that I think a lot of fans, they kind of put a little bit of, you know, more stock into it than is really, it really impacts in the game. It, all that matters in the game, once it comes down to it, is just the execution of, you know, which team's going to get their jobs done better as individuals and as a team. Um, so as far as, you know, being angry and motivated, how much of an impact will it have? It shouldn't be put it this way, I guess BYU as a team that shouldn't really have an impact because they should be expecting Washington to be playing at their best. You know, um, as a championship team, you want to play people at their best. So it shouldn't really have much of an impact in BYU. They, regardless of, you know, whether Washington comes out and, you know, wants to kill them or doesn't really care, it shouldn't impact how BYU prepares and how they play. Um, but, uh, you know, it can. In college football with, you know, younger kids, not quite as mature, it can have an impact. So Ponder this over the break, Johnny. What is the key to a BYU win in the Fight Hunger Bowl? We'll get your thoughts, and we'll go to Twitter as well in just a few moments on BYU Sports Nation to find out what you are all thinking across this great nation. Up next, we bring in the man... Who connected with Johnny Harleen? The one and only John Beck, 2006 Utah BYU hero. It is Harleen to Beck after this. That's right. We're turning it around. Stay tuned. This is BYU Sports Nation on the day after Christmas. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. And so BYU won't be able to just run the ball down their throat. They'll have to throw the ball well. And this is something we've talked about all year, about how the next step in the evolution of this BYU offense is to be reliable and beatable in hitting the deep pass, the vertical pass. When that's been there, they've lit teams up. When it hasn't been there, they've struggled to move the ball at times. And so the, the key here is going to be Taysom Hill completing vertical passes to wide receivers. It doesn't have to be a lot. But when he does take those shots, they've got to complete them. ESPN's Trevor Maddich on the importance of a vertical passing threat for BYU in the Fight Hunger Bowl, December 27th. That's tomorrow, Friday. The Cougars and Huskies line it up from AT&T Park in San Francisco. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton and Johnny Harleen here. Johnny stepping in for Jerem today. Uh, another fantastic guest co-host. We've had uh, quite a few for the uh, past week or so, and uh, we're grateful to have Johnny in studio. You can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Johnny H13. Is that right, Johnny? That's right. How many followers? I saw you had 999 like a few days ago, and I was like, ooh, is he is he going to hit the 1,000? Have you hit, hit the 1,000 mark yet, man? I don't know. Let me look. <laughs> Make it 1,000, BYU Sports Nation, at Johnny H13 if it's not already. Are you there, man? He's 999. Checking. He's 999. Who's going to be the 1,000th follower of Johnny Harleen on Twitter? You can also join our show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Hey, tomorrow it's a bowl game blitz on BYU TV starting at 5.30 Eastern. Or 5 Eastern, I should say. I got my times all mixed up. 5 Mountain, 7 Eastern. We will have quick games of BYU football. You can watch all 
of the last three bowl games in 30-minute fashion, 2010, 2011, and 2012. 30-minute games on BYU TV Sports, getting you ready for a live countdown to kick off from Provo and San Francisco. Blaine Fowler and Dave McCann will be by the bay uh, to get you all set for that. Uh, huge match between the Huskies and the Cougars. We welcome in our first guest today on BYU Sports Nation, a repeat visit, John Beck joining the show. And John... Got Johnny Harleen here. It's not often Johnny gets to toss out to John Beck, but Johnny, I'm going to let you ask the first question to your buddy John. John, what's going on, man? How you doing? <laughs> Dude, I thought you were going to ask me to be the thousand, like the next follower to hit you over the thousand mark. <laughs> yeah, I would love that, man. That's what I need it. Get me over I'm the sorry, hump there. Have, is that Twitter? I'm not. A, I don't. I don't have Twitter. Sorry, dude. <laughs> John Beck, the Twitterless John Beck on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Johnny Harleen. Okay, John. Uh, first and foremost, how was Christmas? What was your greatest Christmas gift? It was great. You know, uh, this is going to sound funny. Um, <laughs> it was a present that I wanted to get for my boys, and when I told my wife why, she started laughing and said, "I'm getting that for you." So since I was like, when I was like a seven or eight year old little kid, I really wanted the orange pylons that go in the end zone, the ones that can, like knocked over that are weighted at the bottom. And I asked for those, I swear, for like five years, <laughs> and uh, I never got them. Probably because back then it was my parents probably couldn't find them. So we uh, we put them out under the tree this year. My wife said that they were for me, even though my boys are the ones using them. So that, that that was a dream come true. It was a present I'd wanted since I was seven, and I finally got them. Here I am, thirty two years old. It's never too late, man. The the next question is: Did you did you set them up outside and and play catch with your kids and have them knock them over, throwing fades in the end zone? Well, yesterday they played indoor. Today that's what's happening right after this phone call. They <laughs> we watched them. I put some BYU the old Holiday Bowl clips on YouTube. So we've been watching old Holiday Bowl clips while we eat breakfast, and the kids are really excited to go out. So really, when this phone call is done, we're heading outside. you got to show them the, uh, the clip of Nate Mickle against Wyoming when he returned that kick, and they'd be like, that's, that's how you reach out for the pylon, man. <laughs> <laughs> I that one. You know, every time I talk to Nate, I tell him that he got robbed of that, that it should have been a touchdown. But oh, yeah. yeah that's, that is a good highlight to show of not how to knock over a pylon. John Beck and Johnny Harleen on BYU Sports Nation. We are reconnecting the past, the heroes from the 2006 BYU-Utah game on the day after Christmas. I was just asking Johnny during the break, uh, John, if he ever gets tired of hearing about the play, the throwback. What do you think? Do you ever get worn out talking about the play, or is it something that you're okay talking about? No, you know what? I think it would be totally wrong of me to ever get worn out of talking about that. I'm so grateful that that play happened, uh, you know, Usually every time Johnny and I see each other, we just kind of smile. We always say, man, isn't it crazy? All, all the you know, hundreds of balls that we connected on in games, the big plays that we had in games. But, you know, we're, like, we're remembered for that one play. And, you know, Johnny had some amazing catches in his career. That was probably one of the easiest catches he had, just catch a floater in your chest. <laughs> but that's the one that he is remembered for most. And it's crazy how it works like that in sports and Really, I, I just feel lucky and blessed to be able to be a part of a play like that because, you know, you don't always get the opportunity, and when the opportunity is there, you don't always have things fall into place so that it can work out that way. And really, there's a million things that could have gone differently on that play that might have had a different outcome. And, you know, we were lucky enough to have things work out in a way that now for the rest of our life we get to, you know, have a smile on our face when we talk about that play. John Beck and Johnny Harleen on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton here. Happy day after Christmas. John, you, you 
culminated that season with a huge win over Oregon in the Las Vegas Bowl, 30-point victory over the Ducks, 38-8. to And we were just uh, talking about preparing for a bowl game under Coach Mendenhall. What do you remember about uh, those scenarios in your career as a BYU Cougar? I just remember how fun it was because our first, my first two years at BYU, you know, we didn't go to a bowl game. And even the seniors before I was there, the 2002 seniors, they didn't go to a bowl game. The only guys that really knew what a bowl game was like were the guys on the 2001 team because even back in 2000, there was no bowl game. So we had guys on our team, some that because of a mission that had never been to a bowl game, some had been to one bowl game but lost it. Nobody knew what it was like to go into a bowl you know, preparation and go into a game and win it. So it was just exciting for the opportunity to say, hey, we're back on track. We're back heading in the right direction of a bowl game is now part of our season. For the first two years, it wasn't. And, you know, you're lifting weights in the weight room. Coach Elmer's having you run sprints in December, and you're going, wait, like, we, we should be playing football, not sitting at home. So it was good to just be back in the, in the facility practicing football, putting the helmet on, getting ready for a game, having those emotions of a bowl week practice. And then, you know, the, when you get to fly out the week before and you get to spend a handful of days preparing for the game. And Coach Mendenhall does a lot of really good things with the team. I remember doing service projects where we were painting. I believe it was like a teenage boy's home. Um, Being able to spend time just walking the strip and thinking about, hey, all of our hard work has paid off. Like, we're here. We get to take part in a bowl game. And for me, I had so many fond memories as a kid of driving to San Diego with my family, being around the team, their bowl week, getting ready for the holiday bowls and going to the game and watching the holiday bowl. And now me being able to be a part of a bowl experience and being able to be the quarterback, that was a lot of fun. John Beck joining BYU Sports Nation. Johnny Harleen, a guest co-host today. Beck to Harleen, reconnected. And, John, you you bring up some great points uh, because – the team had not been back to a bowl game for a while, so it's a different perspective. Now it's kind of an old hat. Bronco Mendenhall's won four bowl games in a row, looking for number five against Washington. is going to the Fight Hunger Bowl for the first time. So now that this is kind of the norm, and BYU is back to that level of going to a bowl game every year, every year how, how do you view this team differently as they take on a very tough Washington team? Well, I can remember when Lavelle he, uh, came and talked to us. That was my junior year, Broncos' first year. He talked to the team and said he wished he would have put more of an emphasis on the bowl games. He wished that he would have looked at it not as kind of like a little gift at the end of the season for the players to enjoy, but as an opportunity to go out there and you know put a final stamp on the season and really kick things off for the next year. And I believe that that's one of the biggest things that Broncos changed in the program is that there's such an emphasis now on the bowl game. Uh, you know, for us, it was let's get to a bowl game. Then once we got to a bowl game, let's win the bowl game. Now, getting to a bowl game is what happens, and winning a bowl game has become a norm lately. Where the BYU has done a great job of winning in those bowl games, and I believe it has such an impact on recruiting, such an impact for the following year for the players. So I think where, like where it stands now, they it's all about winning that game. It's about setting themselves up to. How are we going to do for the seniors? How are they going to feel when their season ends? And how are we going to kick off the following year? Because you think about it, I mean, at the helm on the offensive side of the ball, you have a young quarterback in Taysom Hill. And behind him, a young running back. Like, those two guys are back next year. What a great thing it would be for them to capitalize and have a great bowl win. And then they jump into their junior years not having that under their belt. I think it would be huge for them, for the program, and for everybody. Do you feel like a BYU win is more important for this team than 
say, for Washington because of those things you just brought up? Well, I think Washington's in a tricky spot. Uh, I don't know what it's like to have your coach leave at the end of the season and not be able to finish a bowl game with him. I think that they have some challenges in their way because of that, that, um, you know, it could make it a different thing for them. Uh, you know, they may be able to say, well, hey, we want to finish off this. We want to, um, you know, really em- emphasize us as the players, finally, like finishing off the season for the seniors. But when you've spent a training camp, when you've spent a handful of weeks with your coach, and that presence is all of a sudden gone, uh, that's going to be a unique thing because none of them could have prepared for that of how they would handle it. So they probably have no prior experience, so they're going to base everything off that they're doing off of, well, okay, I've never been in this before. Let me see what I can do. So I think that they have some challenges in front of them that the BYU team doesn't. I think that BYU has a lot to gain from this, being able to play a quality team. I've seen Washington play a few times, and I think that they, they're going to be a really tough opponent. Um, I think that you know they have a lot of skill on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I haven't seen too much of their defense. Um, it's not that I've watched full games, just partial games, kind of just watching what their quarterback does. Um, but, I, I mean, I think that it's going to be a good game. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how BYU responds to them and how Washington responds to the situation that they're in. John, where are you going to watch the game at, man? Just here at the house. Why, you want to come by? Drive down to San Diego? I, I might, man. <laughs> it's uh, it's like 10 degrees up here now, so I might go surfing yeah. with you and watch oh, the game the later. Today. That's the plan today, man. Santa brought little old Preston a surfboard, so as soon as the football game's over with, we're heading down, down to the beach for a little surf day. <laughs> nice. Good grief. That sounds fantastic, doesn't it? A little warmer than here. John Beck and Johnny Harleen joining Spencer Linton on BYU Sports Nation. John, we're asking uh, Twitter our Twitter followers today. And by the way, Johnny, you you reached one thousand. Your follower, your one thousand follower was at Laser Sheep. Devin Smith. He says, "I'm number. I'm number one thousand. I deserve a prize. I will take a shout out (laughs) or a bull win guarantee." What do you think, man? That sounds good. Let's. I don't know. I can't give the guarantee, but <laughs> how about a follow back here? Let's do that. John, if you ever decide to uh, to join Twitter, I don't know if or when that would ever happen, but w- would you follow Johnny? Yeah, of course I'd follow Johnny. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do Twitter. I feel like, oh my goodness, as long as I don't have to, <laughs> I don't know if I want to. <laughs> That's fair enough. Okay, now to the Twitter question, which is what is the key to a BYU win in the fight, Hunger Bowl? You heard Trevor Maddich talk about the vertical passing attack. What do you feel like BYU has to do if they want to beat Washington? Uh, from the offensive side of the ball, I think that we need to do what we've done all year, establish the run game. I think that BYU's biggest asset right now is their running game and how dominant it can be because the games that I feel um, BYU does the best is the games that the, the, the running game is being dominant and that opens things up for the pass game. Um, I think Taysom's done a great job of maturing this year as a quarterback. I'm sure that he's felt like he's learned and progressed along the way. And what you don't want to do is he's still a young quarterback. There, I, I think if you get in a game where you feel like everything relies on the pass game, then it, it might be up in the air not because of his skill set, but just because of experience. So I think the, the more that they can do in establishing their dominant run game, the better he will do in all aspects of his game. I think he's a tremendous player, and I really believe that if you see BYU establish the run early where it puts Washington on the hills, then I believe that the pass game can open up with some very gashing throws. That's one thing about this offense. Is you can establish the run game. There's so much in the pass game that's built off of the run and it's gashing plays. It's 20-yard-plus chunks, and that really puts a dagger on the defense. 
from a defensive side of the ball, I think that if BYU can slow down their big plays, their offense is set up the same way. A lot of these collegiate teams, their pass game is built so much off this run game that incorporates the quarterback. So, so many people have to commit to the run inside the box, and that's why you see nowadays so many quarterbacks in this type of an offensive system with so many gashing throws down the field. I think if, if BYU defensively can minimize those big plays down the field where they're not getting big chunks, they're having to move the chains more methodically, I think that will benefit us. And if the, I think the more third and longs that we can put this team in, the more difficult it, it, it will become. Usually these type teams – they get their chunks on first and second down. They're not always built for those third and medium to long passing down. They're built for moving the chains on first and second down with either gashing runs or passes built off of that run game. So I think the better BYU can do of that, it will give them a better chance to ultimately win the game. John, let me ask you this, because what I've always thought about, I always hear a lot of uh, of fans talking about, you know, play calling and uh, kind of complaining how, you know, maybe predictable BYU's play calling might be. I've always kind of felt like, you know, as far as play calling goes in college, it's not necessarily quite as important as long as it's not like... You know, they, the defense might have a good idea of what might be coming, but as long as there's a shred of doubt, you can still execute what you want to. I always felt like um, with this with this team right now. I mean, what are kind of your thoughts on you know just just the play calling and uh, how important is that in college football compared to you know just just executing and getting the job done? I know there's a lot of people that want to call, you know, what Coach and I does and say that, you know, his weakness is that it keep that he keeps it simple, um, you know. But that's also his strength at the same time is that he does keep it simple and allows the players to play. Um, you know, I think that there's times when you play quality opponents that uh, you need to do a good job of what wrinkles you have off of your base game plan of keeping it simple. I think that you can get in trouble in the collegiate game of asking players to try to do too much or having too many plays on the table for those players, it's different than the NFL. In the NFL, this is your job. You have all day to study. The coaches can game plan so much. The defenses can game plan so much. So you have to be very thorough in what you do from a game plan standpoint in the pros. In collegiate football, they cannot ask too much of the players because of the requirement of school and the time that they have allotted to focus on on football. So I think it is, you know, there are times maybe where, you know, from the outside it might get frustrating because you're saying, I've seen that play a million times, but the players run that play at such a high level of execution, and that's why it's usually such a good play. So especially in the collegiate game, um, a lot of it is just, hey, execution. I actually had this conversation with Tim Tebow a few weeks ago, um, and he says that's one of the great things that Urban Meyer does as a play caller. He says from the outside it looks like they do a lot of complicated things, but when you get inside you realize that, uh, a lot of that is just movement and formation changes, but a lot of the plays and the reads are all the exact same. They just move them to different spots on the field. So keeping it simple is one of the things that is good in collegiate football. And I think that that's something that Coach and I actually does a really good job of. I think the biggest key is just, okay, what what can we do outside of that that adds a wrinkle? What can we do formation-wise where you can game plan by formation off of something that you see that the defense is doing where now you can attack something down the field and get big chunks. I think that's the that's the big key um, in making the offense, especially the collegiate level, look dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So it's like 
just, just like I was saying, like you have just a shred of doubt as a defense. Like as long as there's just a little yeah. bit of doubt and you're not exactly sure, you know, it's you can still execute what you want to. Most of the time, it seemed like to me. Yeah. I just I just yeah. wanted to well, make sure. Know, I I just wanted to check with the guy who really knew what he was talking about to make sure <laughs> yeah. I was right. You know. I mean, here's, yeah. I mean, here's the thing too. There were times in games. I mean, think about Johnny. How many times you and I were in games, and it was a no brainer that that team had watched you and me throw fader out in the end zone. Mm-hmm. All I mean, it's like the only time you ever split out wide was when we threw you a fade route. So it's like I was like a third year old kid could realize, oh crud, here comes the fade route. You know. But when you have a player that is dynamic that regardless of who's covering him, you say, well, my guy's got the better chance of, of getting the ball. I mean, think about the Utah game. Eric Weddle is a very smart player. When all of a sudden you're lined out out wide and he's standing over the top of you, Eric Weddle knows the fade's coming, but mm-hmm. you won. And I think in college football you can do that, especially with, like I said, a very dynamic player. Um, you know, it's like you and me tried doing that UNLV game where we said, hey, they've seen us throw this fade so many times, let's be smart. And let's add another wrinkle to it. So we thought, well, let's throw the slant. And then that, that turd jumped the slant. And we go, wait a second. Maybe we didn't need to do that. And maybe we could have just left the fade on because the guy was five foot nine and you now jumped. So there is that element still in college ball, just like Johnny's saying, where, hey, if you got a guy that's a really good player and he has, a, and he's going to be able to execute the play at a high enough level, I don't care if the player on the other side of the ball knows what he's doing. He's going to have a hard time stopping him. A-plus analysis. John Beck and Johnny Harleen reunited on BYU Sports Nation, and it feels so good. John, thanks for the time, man. Hope you're enjoying a fantastic holiday season and had a Merry Christmas, pylons and all. Thank you uh, from at BYU Sports Nation for finding Johnny in the end zone in 2006. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Thank goodness for that play, man. Me and Johnny can smile all the time now whenever we back to our season in that play (laughs) (laughs) for sure man hey best of luck to you we look forward to seeing you in the nfl again and we will see you there my friend keep it up thanks guys we'll see you see you john merry christmas all right you know we're just gonna keep rolling johnny i'm feeling so good that uh we're uh we're just gonna go right to our second guest espn play-by-play specialist dave pash he will call the game between the huskies and cougars in san francisco in the bay area tomorrow on espn dave welcome to the show how's it going Hey, good morning, guys. How you doing? Good. How was Christmas in San Francisco? Christmas in San Francisco? Well, I, I was split between San Francisco and Oakland. I, I couldn't keep track. Uh, you know, we stayed in San Francisco and we went over to Oakland for the game. But uh, uh, my wife flew in last night with uh, my mother-in-law's in town, so that gave her a chance to get away, and I could actually see a family member on Christmas Day, so that was nice. The life of a play-by-play man. Nobody understands what goes on in a guy's life when there's so much travel involved. They just they just watch the game and, it, and it's all convenient, but uh, certainly we appreciate what you do and the fact that you're going to call the BYU-Washington game tomorrow. The Huskies and the Cougars present an intriguing matchup. You have a team in transition with their coach leaving, and then you have BYU who's won some good games, but they haven't been able to close out the biggest games on their schedule. What do you anticipate between these two teams as they collide on the field? I really like this matchup, guys. I, I think this, this will be one of the better uh, bowl games that are pre-New Year's. Um, you know, BYU obviously has played a you know ridiculously tough schedule, and they've got some really quality wins. And the, lo- the losses that they had were close, and-, and many of those were at the beginning of the year. And then you have a Washington team that's, you know, had its first eight-win season in a decade and now is playing without their head coach. And this happens, obviously, to other teams. And you just never know how, it- how a team's going to respond to having – a uh, new head coach, uh, Marcus Tuiasosopo, obviously has been with a program, so that's that's not a huge deal. Though, how does he handle, you know, timeouts and two-minute situations? 
you know, we're going to, we haven't met with Washington yet, so when we meet with him, we'll get a better sense of, you know, how much is he relying on other people, how much is he handling all that himself. Uh, we had a similar, uh, I guess you could compare it to what Minnesota had dealt with early in the year with Jerry Kill, Tracy Clays, you know, with, with Jerry Kill still around and in the booth, but not really calling plays or making decisions for fourth down and two minutes, you know, who handles that when you're not used to being a head coach. So I think that's interesting. And then just some of the, some of the star players, you know, obviously Kyle Van Noy and, and Bishop Sankey are the headliners and the two quarterbacks, the two uh, dual threat uh, QBs will be a part of, should be an entertaining game. Dave Pash of ESPN, play-by-play expert, joining BYU Sports Nation to break down the Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco. Really, Dave, I, I know you're a Syracuse alum, and uh, you know, go Orangemen. They, they've got the Texas Bowl, so we're going to break away from BYU-Washington for a minute and ask you about the Texas Bowl. Can you guarantee an Orange victory over Minnesota uh, in, the, in the Texas Bowl? No, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't say that uh, Syracuse will win. Now, I think Minnesota is pretty good. I mean, we we had them twice. We had against Nebraska and Wisconsin. They beat Nebraska. They hung in there with Wisconsin, um, and they're just going to run the ball pretty physical. And I mentioned kind of their unique coaching situation with with Coach Kill dealing with uh, you know the health issues. Um, you know, Syracuse. I think it's great for Scott Schaefer in his first year to be able to get to a bowl game. Uh, but they're still, you know, ways away from really getting to the success they had in, in Paul Pascaloni's uh, kind of the middle of his tenure. And I don't know if they can get back to that. It's such a look. It's it's a hard place to recruit. High school football is not New York State, and I think they've done a pretty good job there. I, I think ultimately, I've said this before, you know, keeping Paul Pascaloni probably would have been the right move. You know, it's been you know ten years now. Um, but I think Scott Schaefer, football coach, and I think he's, he's got it going in the right direction. Dave Pash of ESPN joining BYU Sports Nation. Dave has served as a play-by-play, one of the main cogs for ESPN doing college football, college basketball, NBA games. You did the Rose Bowl on the radio in Pasadena. You've called the Little League World Series. You've done it all. But here we are in the Bay Area. You're watching it. You're calling a football game on a baseball field. Are you, are you ready for both teams to be on the same sideline? You know, we did this game last year. We had Arizona State Navy last year. It worked out. I had the uh, Cardinals, and we had the Cardinals 49ers was the last game of the season, so I was already here, so it worked out great where we could do that game. So our whole crew has uh, has experience with it. it. It's neat. I mean, I, it, it's different, and you know, a lot of these bowl games, or so many of them, sometimes they run together. It's nice to have something unique about it, and just a view. I mean, looking at the, the bay, and, and uh, I, I don't know what kind of a crowd they'll have, the game, but it's it's a neat place. It was a day game last year, so it, I think it'll be really cool to see it uh, see the baseball stadium lit up at night. Dave Pash, ESPN play-by-play man on BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Johnny Harling. Dave, you look at Washington Bishop. You mentioned Bishop Sankey and Keith Price. What are some of the other things that they do besides having a dynamic offense that will make them tough to beat for BYU? Well, I think they get after the quarterback. You know with Kikaha and Littleton, you know, combined they've got 15 sacks. And, you know, maybe that changes with how BYU does things. I'm not sure. Again, we haven't met with Washington yet to get a sense of how they're going to attack this this BYU offense. I have to imagine that, you know, most of all, they're going to be out to try to stop the quarterback run game. Uh, you know, to have two players with uh, over 1,000 rushing yards and have one of those guys be the quarterback, you know, Taysom Hill is a big kid. 
220 pounds, so he's, he's like a running back. You know, he's actually bigger than the running than you know, Jamal Williams. So uh, I think, uh, you know, Washington, first and foremost, will be out to stop the run and, and force Taysom to beat them throwing the football. Now, he's had some games where he could do that this year, like the Houston game, but, you know, ultimately they're going to hope that they can get them in third and long and, and that, uh, you know, he's thrown 13 picks. So they'll be hopeful that, that they can get him in third and long and it'll make a mistake. Dave, uh, what do you think are, are some of the keys for for each team and, and how do you think the game will play out tomorrow? Well, it, you know, it, we, we have so many offenses now that are all about throwing the football. And when you think about, you know, running offenses, we also we, we think about two things. We think about, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, I mentioned, where you have just two teams that are going to line up and do back and pound it. And then you have, you know, Georgia Tech and, and you know, Navy, which I saw in the, in the Fight Hunger Bowl last year. You kind of think of those uh, teams as running teams. But I think of these two teams as running teams. Um, BYU's 10th in the country in rushing. Washington's 14th. So I think it's going to be about running the football. Uh, we have a back like Sankey, and you have uh, guys like Williams and Hill for BYU. Uh, I think it's going to be about running the football. Um, and then maybe it comes down to who makes the plays through the air. If that's if that's the case, uh, I mean Keith Price is more experienced. He's a better passer. He's a three-year starter, and you know I think he's as much of a throwing quarterback as he is a running quarterback. So that that may be what it comes down to. But they've had some injuries at at receiver, and you know Safarian Jenkins, who's a great tight end, hasn't been as much of a featured guy in their offense this year, just because they've focused so much more on the run game. So I think it comes down to running the football. And uh, it's old-school football with a, with a different look. Hey, Dave, I had another question. Is With both of these teams, you know, especially BYU, they run that fast-paced offense. As a play-by-play guy, does that kind of keep you on your toes a little bit more? Is it, how, does that, how does that work for you guys up in the booth? Yeah, it's really unique. I mean, well, I shouldn't say unique because it's most of, most weeks we have one team at least that, that's no huddle, and sometimes you have – Two teams that are so fast-paced. Yeah, it's different for everybody. You know, it's different for for me. You know, I've got to be shorter sometimes so I can let Brian Greasy actually jump in and get a word in. You know, we won't show as many replays because we don't want to get stuck missing uh, miss a snap. Yeah, it, it affects the truck. It affects us in the booth. I mean, it's it's different, and uh, you know, it's it's becoming the norm in college football. Um, it, it's what's exciting about college football, and. Uh, you know, pronouncing the names and having a good spotter when you have uh, a team like BYU, it's, that's what's most important. Dave Pash of ESPN, play-by-play specialist, joining BYU Sports Nation. Dave, you have, I should let you know, you have major credibility within the BYU uh, community, not only because you're good at your job, but because you handle the Bill Walton show. And uh, yeah. we get a kick out of Bill Walton uh, very quickly. What, what's it like to work with a guy like that? You know, we've done two BYU games. We did the Stanford game. That's right. And then we did the uh, the NIT game last year. And we actually have our first game together. I built there for the for the BYU-Stanford game. Bill and I, uh, our first game together is this Saturday. Uh, we've got the Alabama-UCLA. Bill, Bill's great. You know, I, I remember doing some NBA games with him my first year in the NBA ADSN in 06 7 and, uh, you know, I, I was just happy to be there, so I kind of let Bill do whatever he wanted. <laughs> he just kind of did his thing. And 
I had a, a, a good friend in the business who who's another play-by-play guy say, hey, who would work with Bill, hey, give me some advice. And, and, and uh, so when, when I got reunited for, for, for the Pac-12 package for ESPN last year, I kind of remembered that and kind of tucked it away. And then, um, yeah, I think with Bill, you know, he, he's such a, a fun guy. He makes it entertaining, but he knows the game too. And obviously he's one of the greatest players of all time. You know, one of the greatest college basketball players to ever play, one of the top 50 NBA players. So I think you have to find that right mix with Bill. You, you can't you can't try to change him and, and not let him do his thing. You know, with the music references and you know some of the other things he'll bring up. But uh, you got to try to keep it to basketball too. So uh, we have fun and uh, we've got like 17 games over a two month span together. So. Uh, uh, one of us will be sick of the other probably. <laughs> not looking... sure who might that who might that be? Okay, hey, we're looking forward to it. Whatever it is, it's it's always entertaining. Dave, uh, great job. Uh, we appreciate what you do for BYU and for college football and for Washington as well in the fight hunger bowl. Look forward to the game and have a great call. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. Take you got care. it. Dave Pash of ESPN. Up next, the Cougar Whip Around plus today's rise and shout, and we hear Johnny Harleen's key to victory for BYU. This is BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Johnny Harleen. <laughs> Dude, that's you. That's me. I don't I mean, have you, my question is, have you played that music while watching the Beck to Harleen throwback? <laughs> Yeah, I do every morning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just envisioning that right now. The ball sliding into your hands, getting to your feet, raising your hands, and getting piled on by your team. That is awesome. Like I said, you you make the greatest play in BYU football history to date, and you can also melt people's faces with awesome riffs. (laughs) I do my best. Yeah, don't stand in front of the amp. You know, (laughs) get melted off. Great advice. (laughs) What is the key to a BYU win in the fight, Hunger Bowl? Tweet, tweet. How do you feel about that riff right there? I like it. That's not bad, not huh? Bad. We're going to have to get you to record one of those for our Twitter traction. Uh, we'll actually start with at JD Baggins, and he says, oh, he's a funny guy. He says, eat a big breakfast. <laughs> Okay, if it's that your simple, body's, You know okay. what? Your body's got to be ready. I mean, I wouldn't say that's the key, but... Doesn't hurt. Okay, we'll go to Facebook now. Tyler Holden, the key is to score more points than Washington. Listening from Rexburg, Idaho. That is also a key. Can we? Get, come on, let's get serious here. At Gentry Myler, also on Facebook, hoping for flawless execution. That's not going to happen, but they can try for that. And enough coaching turmoil on the UW side to bring us to victory. Okay, so he's hoping that the Tuiasasopo effect, the interim coach thing, will go swing in the favor of BYU. At Burnt Flame. Slow down the run. He would agree with John Beck and Dave Pash of ESPN. Both of those guys talked a lot about the run game. Okay, Johnny, I'm going to ask you, what is your key to a BYU victory in the Fight Hunger Bowl? What I've noticed in uh, in BYU's most recent losses with uh, Notre Dame and Wisconsin it was really at the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball that, uh, that they, they did. I wouldn't say they got dominated, but they, I feel like, lost those battles overall. And, uh, I mean, that's where everything starts, you know, whether you want to run, whether you want to pass, 
or whether you want to you know get pressure on the quarterback so they can't pass you know it's it it all starts there and so the the o line and d line setting the tone for the rest of the game if i had to pick one thing i mean it's such a team game everything matters but the one thing where it all is going to start would be at the offensive and defensive lines there you go which goes perfectly with the next tweet i'm going to read o line needs to block from at zirsi sports box he says, if that happens, BYU wins. Some other responses, and I quote, show up for both halves. That's a key one right there. BYU's been great at times. Like the first half against Boise State, they were awesome. If they could do that both halves, that would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. KVN3, Kavanoi is the MVP, equals win. Still quoting. Score 30 points. Passing game. BYU needs Houston slash Boise offense, not Utah Notre Dame offense, because UW scores points. And then finally, at Riley underscore Banks, red zone execution. That for me is my key to the game. I agree with Riley. It's yeah. all about the red zone, man. That's what was your specialty. Yeah, got I mean, got to get it in the end zone. No field goals, maybe one or two, but get it in. There it's it is, the right there. No field goals. Big thanks to our guests today, John Beck. Johnny Harleen for stepping in for Jerem Jordan. Awesome guest co-host, Dave Pash of ESPN. And thanks to everyone that makes this show happen. Merry Day After Christmas. Senior coordinating producer, Michael Miner. Station manager, Don Shaline. Our producer, Ben Bagley. Engineer, Aaron Evans. Zach, our student assistant, helping out today. You can catch shows on demand at byuradio.org. Have a great one.